Welcome to the Struggling Pastors Podcast, real conversations about ministry and life with Israel Gomez and Tian Doan. I'm here with uh, Israel. How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Doing, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. We, we're uh, continuing our uh, conversation um, about advice for struggling pastors. Uh, I've made a list of uh, my top seven pieces of advice that I would give to uh, struggling pastors and or um, and or new pastors. You know, I, 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 I do a lot of coaching, uh, specifically church planters and some other people. But uh, uh, in my coaching time with with ministry leaders, these are the top re- seven reoccurring things that I find myself repeating to people that I coach. So uh, we're, we've been taking an episode each uh, each week talking about each one of the seven. We are on number six today. Um, and this uh, and number six um, actually is the most uh, uh, connected to um, actual ministry like ministry activities and uh, of all the seven. So here's, uh, um, are you ready? Here's the number six, uh, Israel. Right. Uh, you ready for this one? Yep. <laughs> are you, you don't sound that? very excited. You, okay, uh, dude, excited? I am, I'm very excited. I am okay. ready. <laughs> okay, this is number six, that, uh, a piece of advice that. that I would I would give to a uh, new pastor or a struggling pastor is that no matter what you're doing in ministry, you have to make disciples personally. That that uh, whether, you know, your job is is preaching or leadership or whatever, you know, you're a small group uh, ministry person or you're a church planner, you're a worship like. So so no matter what your job title is and your role, your job description, um, Jesus also gave you an assignment, which was go and make disciples of all nations. So the the one job that job description that Jesus gave all of us is go and make disciples. And that is make disciples personally, you know, make disciples the way Jesus made disciples, right? He didn't just lead teams. He didn't just lead a staff. He didn't just lead from the pulpit. Like if like Jesus um, also made disciples personally, he had a group of guys that he met with and that he walked with, that he challenged, that he prayed with. He says, hey, do like watch me and then repeat what I'm doing. So so that's my advice for for a new pastor or a struggling pastor is no matter what else you have to do, you ha- don't forget about making disciples personally. Right. So that's mm-hmm. advice number six. Uh, give me your initial thoughts on that. And then we'll dig in to like wh- why this uh, made my list of the top seven. So okay. give me your uh, your reaction about making disciples personally. You know, my my first thought is of how easy it is to kind of focus on the quote, the job. I, I'm just saying no matter what your role is, whether you're the lead pastor or worship leader or youth minister or whatever you're doing, your role is in the church. Uh, it could be really easy to focus on the tasks that have to get done and actually forget that. I mean, it's kind of dawned on me. It's just hearing you say those things out loud and forget the the really important task of making disciples. I mean, it, it is, it's commanded, you know, it's, it's in scripture um, as you go make disciples, but it's so easy to focus on all these other things you got to do, you got to get done and not just spend time with people showing them, hey, this is what Christianity looks like, you know, hey, follow me as I follow Jesus. Get, and that's my initial thought. I thought, man, that's so, that's so interesting. Um, anyway, yeah, so, um, man, wh- wh- what about you, dude? What? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I totally agree with that. That that you know, um, it seems like a no brainer. Oh yeah, pastors we're supposed to be making disciples. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of us, if we're honest, we make an excuse like, oh yeah, I'm making disciples. Everyone in the church is a disciple, and and <laughs> you know, oh well, I'm ma- I'm discipling people from the pulpit. I'm discipling people mm. on our staff meetings. I'm discipling people uh, by the policies that our board makes. And I'm saying, no, I, I, that's not at all uh, what I'm talking about. That what I'm talking about making disciples personally is that you are um, meeting, you have intentional relationships with a small group of, of, of people that you're intentionally developing their faith, that you're saying to them, like, um, uh, follow me as I follow Christ. And like the, the examples are all over the New Testament. Like, like this is what Jesus did, right? This mm-hmm. is what the apostle Paul did. And yeah. I, like all the people who, who were doing stuff, like they had disciples and it wasn't a program. They weren't teachers first. They were, they, they everyone made, uh, um, excuse me, everyone uh, uh, had intentional relationships with a small group, identified identifiable small group of people that they mm-hmm. poured their lives into. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so um, I don't know why, like, so, so let's talk about why, why, why don't pastors um, not do this? Like what, what you're talking about busyness. Like what are other reasons? Like we would all say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's clear the Bible mandates us, but why, mm-hmm. why don't pastors, um, you know, why don't they make make it a priority uh, to make disciples personally? Mm. What do you think? What are some yeah. reasons, possible reasons? Um, well, you know what? I, I think, um, I think first of all, I think it's easy to kind of overcomplicate it, <laughs> you know, with all the strategy and the thinking and the <laughs> just all that stuff and programming. Um, and I, I'm not like anti-program that you want to make or whatever, but I'm just saying yeah, you can get caught doing all that kind of, all those types of work and you just miss the simplicity. It was really interesting. You mentioned, I, you know, this whole issue of identif- having these people that are, you're identifying them. It's an identifiable group. And I thought, you know, man, that's, that's, that's really solid because I, I think guys can easily just say, well, I'm discipling because I'm preaching you know, yep. from the pulpit or whatever. And I, and I'm not, and, and you are, you, you, there is, but that's not, that's, that's not the whole, that's not the whole thing. That's not yeah, the because whole. Because discipleship yeah. isn't just teaching, right? Yeah, like, no. like yeah. disciple, like how, um, if you don't know who your disciples are, how are you, and you know what they're struggling with, how yeah. are you helping them grow from point A to point B, right? How are you keeping them accountable for that? If you don't even know what they're dealing with, right? Like the, the apostle Paul says, like, like, I feel like I am in labor, right? I am mm-hmm. feeling the birth pains that Christ may be formed in you. Like he's saying these people, and that's why if you look at the apostle Paul, you know, he starts off or he ends all his letters by saying, Hey, this person, you know, say hi to that person. Yeah. That man, I was in small group with that person. I was, man, I remember when, when that person came to faith and I sure. remember his, we spent time at his, his mom's house and these were people that he invested in. He knew them. Right. And, and, and Paul at any one time uh, had people around them. 
you know, he was like, uh, you know, he was, it was Timothy and, and, and then it was Titus and it was uh, Silas and it was all these different people. All right. So, so um, that's just such an example. Uh, and, but for some reason, a lot of pastors, we take this uh, in America, we take the CEO mentality, right? That mm. I am the CEO. I am the leader of this organization. I am the apostle and teacher, and I'll leave the quote unquote discipleship to the shepherds, right? Those are for like, like, you know, so what, what I think one of the yeah. pushbacks is, is that, that pastors would say, uh, well, I'm not really, you know, some pastors, um, church planners, you know, more apostles, prophets, evangelist type would say, well, I'm not gifted in this kind of relational shepherding. That's not my gift. Yeah. And, and I would say, um, Hey buddy, it doesn't matter if it's your, if it's your gift, if it's your primary gift, Jesus mandated us that you need to go and make disciples, mm. right? This is a mandate. Yeah. Right? That, that yeah. Jesus is like you. And like, for the same reason as, um, Timothy told, I mean, the Paul told Timothy, um, do the work of an evangelist. He, he said to Timothy, I know this is not your giftedness and you're weak at this. It doesn't matter. It's still your assignment. It's still your job. So in the mm-hmm. same way, I would say, I would say discipleship, you know, one-on-one or one on a, you know, you and a small group of people, you, even if it's not your natural bent, it's still your job, your assignments, your required, mandate, required, yeah, mandate. yeah, make disciples. Right. So, mm. Um, but in America, I think that's one of the things uh-huh. we, we pastors don't do this because we have a CEO model of a top, like a pyramid structure, right. Mm-hmm. That I lead these people. And then the shepherds are, are doing the one, uh, uh, you know, the, doing the small group leading and discipleship. Mm. Wow. Right? So that's, that's one of the reasons. What do you think yeah. about that? Uh, no, I, I, I definitely see that, uh, playing a part in it. That's, that's a huge part of our culture, by the way. I mean, it's just sort of, it's, it's everywhere. It's. So you kind of, it sounds lazy though, too. You just start thinking of what, well, wait, this is required piece. And it's like, no, 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 I, I've got all this other stuff and it's just, you know, I'm handling these things up here and, uh, that that's for, you know, other people, but I just don't know how you, you shepherd people if you're not doing that on some level. I don't yeah. know how you know what's going on in their life. I don't know yeah. how, you, I don't even know how you would know how to talk to them or yeah. understand where they're coming from or the context you're in. So I, I understand that that happens, but it's just amazing. It's just kind of, it's just baffling to me, you know, that um, yeah. um, that happens. Yeah. Anyway, I, th- well, I think we- another reason I think another reason why pastors some pastors don't make disciples personally is um, there's no pushback uh, from their people. You know, if the pastor all he's doing is he's staying in his office and, and he's preparing the sermon, they love that. They, there's no one knocking on the pastor's door to say, "Hey, pastor, shouldn't you right? So shouldn't you be out there? You know, um, uh, you know, leading some people." So that uh, there's no pushback. Yeah. Um, another another thing is just the the busyness and distractions of church ministry. There's so much to do, and sometimes it, it it's almost this administrative thing mm-hmm. that you you know you're just trying to keep this organization afloat i but i i would say that no matter how big your church is you need to find a group of people to personally disciple so even if you are leading a mega church like man have uh, a discipleship relationship mm-hmm. with with um 
some of your key staff members. Uh, disciple your board of elders to say, hey, we I'm keeping you accountable um, to growing in your faith. Right. Mm-hmm. So like disciple your no matter how big your organization is. Uh, at least, at the very least, disciple some of your key leaders, be in intentional relationships with them, um, be in intentional relationships with your staff, your board or, or something. But that you can't get away with with not discipling people. And, and I actually want to talk about um, uh, why it is so vital. Not only is it mandated, but why it's also a smart thing to do. I have I, I wrote down uh, three uh, reasons why I think it's important, right? Okay. Uh, other than that, it's mandated, right? So, but you, you have you have any thoughts about about like you why it would be important? Just off the top of your head, uh, off the top of my head, I I, I think well, you would just you just don't know the sheep <laughs> for what for one reason it would just be to know the sheep, um, yeah. and really to know where they're coming from, their cares and their beliefs, um. Uh, you know, their misconception, you know, what they know about scripture and what they don't, you know, I mean, I mean, you mentioned something earlier, like, oh, you know, some people just think, hey, look, if the pastor's locked away in his office, just studying and prepping sermons, which you need to do, uh, you need to prep good sermons, you need to work hard at that. But that is not the only thing that is not the only task of uh, the pastor. It just isn't, you know, and so, um, yeah, you know, like in it, it, it may. It, yeah, I, I think it to a guy who's really strong scholarly, you know, and uh, it it's an easy place to hide as well. I mean, you know, there's some other questions we're asking, but I think one, you know, the why not and why it's, you know, it's an easy place to hide, you know, just in yep. your book, in your books, in the Bible. It, yeah, I mean, it's the word of God. It's precious. It's good. But it's also it can be a place to hide as well. You know, let's be real. Right. Yep. So yep. Um, and it can't and it cannot become become that so uh, we have so one of the big reasons one of the big reasons why uh, for me i would just say yeah you, you just gotta how, how else would you know your you know these people you know that yeah. you're trying to shepherd um yeah. how would you know what they think and they believe and they're they're how would you know about their idols how would you know about their loves and anyway so how would you yeah. know their their culture um yeah yeah so i i that's actually one of the things i wrote down is uh it it, it makes you more relevant with the knowing where your sheep are yeah. makes you more relevant uh, to the other parts of the ministry. Like for example, that you could preach directly to the issues um, because um, if you're just in the, the books all day and you're not meeting with the, you know, average Joe who's struggling with, you know, like, like they, they probably have different struggles than you do and mm-hmm. meeting with people, you know, uh, um, helps keep you relevant. Yeah. With you know, knowing what else, you know, so I think that that's one of the things that made my list. Um, yeah. Or, or asking the right questions, right? Like a lot of times um, we, we have our questions, right. Um, as pastors and, you know, you can kind of, um, but what questions are they asking of the text and of cr- the Christian life? Right. You know, uh, we may or may not answering those questions. Anyway, yeah. go on. I, I it, all, it also says like, you know, if you're meeting with people um, yeah. Also like, you get to assess uh, what people are actually hearing from from your preaching, right? Yeah. If if they're not getting it at all, you just did a whole series on it. And you're like, oh man, I, I thought I I thought That's we covered tough. this one already, and you're like, oh man, and and even yeah. the, the your best leaders, 
don't understand what you've been trying to preach. You're like, oh, I gotta, I still gotta hit that one again, right? So knowing where your sheep are, um, the sec, the second uh, reason why uh, making disciples personally is important is for your own personal development and accountability. I think for myself, is, this is it. Huh. There's one thing about preaching, right? Preaching uh, in front of people, it keeps me accountable um, because I don't want to be a hypocrite, but. Also, like I meet currently uh, with a, a group of guys, 630 in the morning on Wednesdays, you know, at at, um, at a coffee shop. Uh, and we sit together and we do this every week. These are just working guys. They're, they're doing it before they're, they start work. Right. That's why it's 630 in the morning. Um, and for me, knowing that uh, even more accountability wise than my preaching is knowing that these guys I'm meeting face to face with them. And like I'm challenging them about, you know, their relationship with their wives and how they're treating their kids and and if they're reading their Bibles. And I have to be it, it keeps me accountable. It makes me uh, like it's it's good for my own personal development to be in relationship because these guys are going to keep me accountable because I'm keeping them accountable. Right. So for myself, for me to grow I need to be in a, in a relationship of accountability also, right? Mm -hmm. Because at, there's not many other places, especially if you're a senior pastor, there's not many other places in the church where people will keep you accountable hmm. and will call, call you, uh, you know, call you out on your stuff. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that's, that's a, another reason why it's important, right? You're, mm -hmm. You got any thoughts, uh, on that one? Well, you know, what, what first came to mind was just, I think, uh, discipling, but also being discipled. I, I just think, why, why, aren't we always growing? Or, and aren't, shouldn't we always be growing and maturing? And I just think, uh, I mean, even though we're, with our role, we're, we're leading, we're leader in the church, right? That eldership, that pastoral role, that exemplary character, et cetera. But, but we're growing as well, and we need to be discipled, you know? Yeah. We might be a black yeah. belt in one area and really like a white belt in another area of our life, right? So, um, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the, that's where my head went when you started talking about that. I was like, dude, we got to be we got to be yeah. uh, uh, being growed. We got to be maturing or being challenged uh, from others around us. So, yep. Okay, the, let's move on to the third reason why I think this is important. Why making disciples personally is important is this is more anecdotal, but I, I think I can uh, make an argument. Uh, uh, of this in the scripture text and also just by experience. But um, I believe that this is the, the best way to develop leaders in your church. It is um, investing one-on-one -on -one or one on, you know, a group, a small group of people uh, with, with people in, you know, discipleship, you discipling a group of people that that's the best way to develop leaders in your church. No matter if you have a, you know, leadership Academy, you have whatever or elder training, whatever the best way to develop leaders for your church is for you to dis disciple them personally. Uh, for me, um, having planted this church, you know, our, our church was, uh, I, uh, was what, what they call a parachute drop. I didn't know anyone in the community and uh, the majority of the people, um, came like our church was the first church they ever attended. So we had to develop leaders, uh, from scratch and they were personally people. I personally discipled when they just came to faith, I personally discipled. And now they're all of our leaders are people that I discipled personally. Hmm. Right. So the best leaders that awesome, I've dude. ever had wasn't through a program. 
and it it wasn't through um wasn't through them coming from another church is people that I personally invested in. Mm-hmm. And, and I was thinking like, this is the best way. Cause they take on your DNA also. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, that's what I would encourage. Uh, now, now we have, we have leaders that came from other places, but the best leaders I have, the ones that I trust the most were the ones that we kind of grew in uh, up from, you know, up from scratch uh, yeah. in within relationship right Mm -hmm. so that it's the best way i know you can't do it for everyone but um anecdotally the best leaders i had were the Mm -hmm. ones that i personally discipled right so have you seen that have you seen that in in your church um man we're (laughs) that's a good question you're like you're now you're making me pause as something i have to like think through well some of the key leaders right now are um are people I got who happen to be like looking for a church, you know? Um, so I'm like, I think of two of my, my elders are coming from one, one was a guy I actually, I remember this is a few years ago, but sitting across from him at a, at a Starbucks and just saying, Hey dude, God's not done with you. Come with me. I need, I need some help. <laughs> they weren't going to church and they would tell you that they were not going to a local church at the time, but now he's an elder, but I did not invest all the, the lifelong discipleship in him though. I didn't have that benefit. He was already a Christian. And the other guy, uh, so I haven't, I mean, I haven't had that as much as you have. Um, some that are newer to faith, they're not, they're not in a place of, of leadership yet. But, uh, and another one, the other guy um, came from, you know, he, he was, he was ready-made. So they were, he was just looking, they were looking for a church. They wanted it to be in their community and um, they landed at our church. So I did not get that benefit. I, I can totally see how what you're describing would be. It's ideal. And I think it's, it's what should happen um, if you're discipling and investing in uh, those people. So, but that's, that's not us. No, I believe you. I think that'd be, yeah. <laughs> but that's the, yeah. but that's not, where we're, that's just not where we're, where we're at. Uh, I, man, I, it's, I, it, that's a, for me, I think, dude, that'd be a great goal. I mean, if we're just people that we're discipling that come up, they get saved in our church, and then they they end up in some sort of um, a leadership role where they're serving, you know, um, on a higher level. That'd be awesome. That'd be a huge win. But yeah, we're not there yet. Um, yeah. The the fourth reason why making disciples personally is important uh, for pastors is more about the DNA uh, of the church. Um, this is how you can spread the DNA in a deeper level than any other place is through this discipleship relationship. And especially if you, you want the DNA of the church to be more outward focused and evangelistic, um, like there it's, there's something about teaching evangelism, like evangelism is so hard. So um, hard. They, they say only 5% of Christians say they have the gift of evangelism, mm-hmm. you know, so, so it's just so hard to get people to share their faith. So I believe that, that if you want to, um, uh, grow the, the, the value of evangelism in your church, the best way is this, you gotta, you gotta be out there, uh, sharing your faith yourself. And then in your discipleship group, sharing those stories, challenging your, the people, your disciples to share their faith also that, that this is how it it has to be. Um, like, like this, uh, like evangelism is so hard and so unnatural for people. Um, no matter how much you preach on it, people aren't going to do it unless they see it lived out in front of them. Right. So like for myself, my, 
it's not my primary gift. I'm not, I don't have the gift of evangelism. That's not my primary gift. But the people that what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to um, share my faith, um, uh, take my disciples out with me to share their faith. But I'm also I'm telling them stories about how I tried to share with this person and that person because they need to see it lived out. They need to see that example lived out in front of them because it's so unnatural and it's so hard to do. You could mm. this is like evangelism is one of those things where you could teach about it all day long. Mm-hmm. And people won't do it unless they see it, right? So they they need to have this uh, relationship, this the d- discipleship relationship, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Like you think about how Jesus did it. Like you know, Jesus modeled it, and then he said, "Hey, you guys, uh, two by two, you guys go out and do it, and then come back and let's talk about it, mm-hmm. right?" And and that's the relationship. Like you model it, you teach it, but then you send them out and then you give them accountability. What you learn, what you know, like. Uh, how are you going to do it better the next time? Mm-hmm. So th- that is best if you if you want your church to be evangelistic. Um, I I believe it is best done through the discipleship relationship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's oh, um, that's just my word of advice. You want to push back on that, or you want to me to no man? Anything? I want to. Uh, I would love to hear like just uh, you know, um, how that's how that's played out. Uh, for you, I mean, maybe you've given it. Uh, yeah, just kind of where that's played out for you. Uh, do you have more people evangelizing um, because of that? Because that's just, dude, that just makes a lot of sense to me. And just hearing that, passing on that DNA, like, yeah, how has that played out for you? Do you, do you find that those there's some guys that were not guys or gals that, that were not evangelizing yeah, now they're, yeah. well, now they're well, more so, open to it or something? Yeah. So this is really, this is still new. This is something that we're working on more intentional, right? But like, like, um, we've been really intentional in our church to talking about evangelism. So what we're doing is like, we're teaching people, you know, we're doing the workshop, we're teaching people how to share the testimony, how to share their faith. But we're also, um, now we're, I'm, uh, I'm getting some evangelism trainers, uh, into our church to, to actually take people, you know, um, to go, you know, two by two to go mm-hmm. share their faith and, and just to practice, mm-hmm. you know, but there, but even if it's just, um, accountability wise, yeah. um, uh, like you're practicing, you're teaching them how to share their faith. And, uh, even if you can't go out with them, maybe you practice it in the evangelism or in the discipleship, uh, time that you have. Like we have a time where I'm, I'm telling people, okay, uh, tell me your testimony quick. You know, you got a minute, you got 15 seconds, 20 seconds. How uh-huh. would you start this conversation? And we practice it. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and then I would challenge them. Hey, um, okay. This week, go share your testimony with, with one or two other people. And then next week I would say, did you do it? And you know, and they're like, no, not really. It's like, okay. Why didn't you do it? And they're come up with some excuse. Okay, again, we're gonna practice it next week. I want you to uh, come back and 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 you know. So there's that accountability. If you mm-hmm. if you just talk about evangelism on on uh, from the pulpit, right? People are like, yeah, yeah, I understand. It's important. They're not gonna do it. But then you you don't have that time of accountability and saying, oh, well, why didn't you do it? You know, mm-hmm. and let's try it again. So it's just like if you want your church to be evangelistic, there needs because it's so hard, there needs to be this a, a relationship of accountability. Um, so that, yeah, um, there's a lot of different ways. And maybe we could talk about it on the next episode and just talk about yeah. uh, ideas about evangelism, uh, yeah. growing yeah. value of evangelism. Yeah, because there's, 
there's just so many things related to do to discipleship that are super important. I mean, it's it's how we evangelize. It's how we, you know, just growing in humility and how in gentleness. And I mean, I'm just some things off the top of my head. Like the, I'm thinking, man, how do you, how do you model some of these? Some of these things they have to be seen in the midst of just your life with them. You know, it sometimes it's not. It's more accidental. You know, I mean, it's like, oh wow, you know. You know, uh, maybe you were publicly crit- criticized by by someone or whatever, and they, and maybe some that your disciple going, you know what, dude, I saw the way you handled that, and it was it was gracious and it was humble, but it was truthful. I, I, anyway, I'm just, I mean, there's so many. Some are like really intentional. I mean, I mean, I'm hearing you say, you know, talk about the intentional way. That's like super powerful and good. I was also thinking, what struck me as you're talking about that, thinking. You know, there's those accidental ways too, where we're, we're modeling and lifting out our Christian faith. If they're in a place where they trust you and want and are being discipled by you, you know. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, the last question about this topic, you know, is the how. How do we um, make disciples personally? Like, I'm a pastor. I'm busy. I'm the you know the I'm in charge of the whole organization. Like. And, I, you know, I got all these different things. I got to preach. I got to lead. I got to do all these committees. I got to, you know, build these teams and, you know, look over the budget and whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I got to create the, you know, worship services and, and like, like fold the bulletins and everything else. Right. How do I ha- make time to make disciples personally? The how to. OK. Mm-hmm. So there's there's three ways that I think that you can do it. No matter what your job is, there's three ways to squeeze it in and and to, in, and even to make it a priority, right? So I, I and Israel, uh, knowing you, uh, what we talked about in the past, uh, you're doing one of these things already. So three ways is, is this um, number, um, and you know you could just uh, bounce the ideas off me or whatever. If this jogs your your, your thoughts, we could uh, kick it back and forth. Um, the first way is this is uh, work. Like, um, have a discipleship relationship in your with your elders and your staff. Like, turn your elder meetings into into like like uh, discipleship. Like, it's just like this is a time or your staff meetings. Um, the, look at it as not only just uh, running the church, but you're also developing the the yeah developing the people there, um, develop developing their faith. Right. Mm-hmm. So not only are you talking about church stuff, you're talking about um, hey, have you shared the gospel lately also? You know, so whatever accountability questions that you want to you want to ask. Right. So that's number one, mm-hmm. your your elders and your staff. Um, number two uh, is what I'm doing right now. And what I've done since we started the church is this um, like I I have what I call a men's discipleship breakfast. And it's you know, I raise the bar up kind of high. Like when you come, you got to come all the time and it's at 630 in the morning. But it's a it's an open door thing like like anyone could sign up. I said, hey, if you want to grow, if you're a guy and I don't do it with the girls. Right. Uh, my wife used to meet with the ladies in the church and she has her own group. But I said, if there's anyone here um, who want any guy here who wants to be in a disciple relationship with the pastor, 630 in the morning. Uh, at this time and day. And then when they get there, I have the bar really high. I give them homework. You got to do this. I keep them accountable. So they kind of weed themselves off if people, you know, so it's not just hanging out with the pastor. It's like, if you come here, I'm going to expect something from you. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, yeah. So we have different size groups during, and I, I, I kind of do it continuously. There's, you know, 
there's a season for it. You know, sometimes it's a year, sometimes it's a couple of years um, with the same guys. But, you know, seasonally, you know, some guys drop off and we kind of restart it again. I'm, yeah. I'm just starting a new group right now. So a men's discipleship breakfast, right? Number one, your elders and your staff. And number mm-hmm. two, just have a, a morning time, whoever mm-hmm. comes. And then number three is uh, a a more formal leadership training center. And this is what I know that uh, I, I, you, you told me that you do. And we've done mm-hmm. this in the past, right? So um, having a, a, a year-long uh, training time mm-hmm. with your leaders, right? That, that, isn't that something that you do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a version of why don't that. You yes, that. Yeah, why, why um, don't you describe that? Uh, you, you know, I, uh, I call it leadership development and I just, I did an invite to, to several guys in our church. I think it started with, uh, 12 or 13 and, um, and basically asked them to commit for a once a month gathering, uh, just a purposeful gathering in the evening. So once a month, it's like the first Sunday of the, the month and ask them to sign on the dotted line. And be with me during that time, and um, uh, so so from there, there's just a number of different things that I'm addressing. But in the midst, for me, the way that I was doing as well was also just trying to assess if I could find other teachers in our church as well. So we did things like life plan and um, and having them read uh, the London Baptist Confession of Faith a little bit, and we're having a little discussion about that. Um, there's a lot of other things that I wanted to do that we just we did not do. I thought, you know, I'd put them in place. I thought, man, we could do evangelism training. We could do all these other things, but, um, I just, it wasn't going to work out this go around, but I was able, uh, so anyway, I just, I, but it's a year commitment and I, um, they have a little bit of homework. Um, I tried not to overburden them with too much reading, which is a little bit, you know, cause I, I think one of the things I've, you know, I've realized is, and, uh, is that, you know, someone could be part of something like that and not be a huge reader and yet be godly and, and participate and, be, you know, turn out to be a really good leader. But but for me, it's been a way to to purposefully meet with these guys and and see them and hear from them and uh, um, invest in them. And so that's just been really it's been a really good thing. I think it's been, it's been a good thing for me. It's a good thing for our church. It's been good for our church because I've been able to kind of move people into some areas where we've just needed some help. And so that's been awesome. So that's a little bit about it. I don't know if you have any questions about that, but it's that's that's the basics of it, you know. Your commitment once a month. You're doing once a week, which I really like that idea. I I just found, man, it would I I just didn't know if I can get guys for that long. Did you do you get guys last every single week for the whole year? I mean, they, they're no, showing no. up. Well, sometimes, I mean, you know, so th- th- uh, these are three different environments and they, sure. I, I think three different ways. So um, I mentioned these three things as uh, ways to disciple people. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, totally. Yeah. That, that doesn't, that doesn't, you know, like you could, you could do it with, no matter if you're busy in ministry, you could just, you could still disciple people through these different, you know, so you, when you're working with your elders and your staff, looking at that as discipleship, um, like yeah. having a small group of guys that are more deeper committed, you know, week, week to week accountability, yeah. but yeah. also like what you're doing, like, like in your leadership development, you're doing once a month. It mm-hmm. is a commitment of once a, once a month. And they're looking at it like, this is kind of like potential elder training that you're doing. Right. So it's leadership development, but, but I would say, um, how you're developing future elders 
look at that as discipleship training. So yeah, include things, not just like, not just theology, but talk about, you know, um, uh, yeah, like a life plan. How are, how are you being a, a you know, a, a godly husband, godly father? Uh, are you evangelizing? You know, are you going out there? So doing the discipleship stuff, are you um, keeping up with your, your devotions? You know, so don't just think of leadership training as skills training, but think of leadership training as as also uh, personal discipleship. So just mm-hmm. adding a section in your leadership training time of, OK, how are we in our devotions? How are we caring for our wives? How are we, you know, growing ourselves? How are we growing in our own own uh, evangelism? Right. So that, mm-hmm. that's what I would say. So look at your leadership training, like how you're training your leaders, how you're developing future elders. But at, add discipleship elements to that right so you don't Mm -hmm. so because every pastor is going to say i'm so busy i don't know if i could pull out you know meet with all these groups of people you're already meeting with people like but put discipleship in it Mm -hmm. right yeah so so that's that's the thing uh i just want to encourage pastors like uh if you're a new pastor or a struggling pastor my word of advice for you um is to no matter what else you're doing also you got to also be making disciples personally. You got to be in accountable relationships with a identifiable small group of, of people and that you're investing in. Right. So that's mm-hmm. that's advice number six that I would give to a new pastor or, or a struggling pastor. Make disciples personally uh, for you listeners out there. Love to hear any feedback that you have on this topic. Go to strugglingpastors.com. Leave us a comment. And if you have any questions uh, about it, we'd love to uh, connect with you there. So, uh, Israel, thanks for the conversation and uh, really appreciate it. Um, uh, Israel will will, uh, uh, hit um, advice number seven next week. So uh, thank you for for showing up uh, to the listeners. Uh, We'll we'll talk to you next time.